In Session with Dr. Farid Hulak. Good evening and welcome to In Session. I'm your host, Dr. Fadi Tolakwi, and I'll be with you for the next hour here on Radio Hamra. Studio number to call in, 310-441-0555. But if you do call in, I ask that all questions be directed towards my guest tonight, who I'll introduce to you shortly. Um, he is here to talk about some amazing work that he is doing at the Twin Towers Jail here in Los Angeles, California. And together with them, he has helped create a book called The Bird from the Kingdom of Heaven, where he also is displaying some of the artwork that they have done on the cover of the book and within the work uh, the book. And he's also written some um, things about freedom. And I'll talk a little bit about that and, of course, talk with him about that as well. But his name is Parsa Pekar, and he is a wonderful, fine gentleman that I've had the pleasure of meeting recently and also joining him this past Saturday uh, to the Twin Towers Jail, which was a very meaningful experience for me, and we'll talk about that uh, a bit more. But this book that he has compiled, The Bird from the Kingdom of Heaven, as he puts it, the book's main message is about finding true inner freedom, both mentally and spiritually. He believes freedom is not really about location, but state of mind, and that is the main message of this book. He also works as an entrepreneur, and he has a brand uh, with uh, his partner in fashion and art called Pasiello. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, and also there's a GoFundMe page where people can support the work that Parsa does with the inmates, which we'll talk a bit more about. And I'll share that link on my social media uh, after the show. Uh, but please uh, I'll welcome now to the show, Parsa Pekar. Thank you for joining me tonight. Hi, Faizan. Thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's been a pleasure knowing you. And also I appreciate you inviting me to your show. Thank you. And um, I'm really excited to, to talk and really get into this topic. Yes, absolutely. I'm looking forward to, to talking with you. And it's been a pleasure meeting you. And I mentioned to you before the show, I'm very grateful to you for allowing me to join you this past Saturday to the Twin Towers Jail to meet some of the inmates that you've built relationships with. And I got to connect with some of them as well. And then you've also created this book, which we'll talk uh, more about. But maybe just to give people an introduction to what it is that you do, maybe you can tell us the story of how you got involved with the inmates at the Twin Towers Jail. Of course. So uh, when I first heard it, we went as a group, as a church, Beverly Hills Persian Church. And um, I, um, the first time I went, I remember I met with a very young guy. He was about 19 years old. Mm -hmm. He was the first person I saw. And um, um it was just very, very um, life-changing experience for me because he mm. was there for a, uh, he uh, he had drunk driving and he killed a person mm. by the car, and I remember when I talked to him, he was um, really in a point of his life where he was so hopeless and mm. he didn't see really a future for himself, and um, so I was you know a few years older than him, and then I realized you know how life can be changed in a second. Mm. And, you know, we are really, um, we are really, cons the consequence of our choices is so important. So once I really talked to him and, you know, we talked and for, for 30, 45 minutes. And once I was really walking out and we visit other inmates, I realized um, how much there is a need. Mm -hmm. There is a need for, uh, for them to be cared for. 
and to be loved and to show uh, attention and to not really judge them, to um, see them not as a mistake, but more as what they can provide and really um, showing them that you, you, they're, you still care for them because many of them don't really get visits mm -hmm. and they, they really, um, they feel always, they feel very guilty. So really when you show a genuine love and care, I've seen great changes. So mm -hmm. that's, that's the way I see it. Yeah. And I, I can tell from talking to you and even my own experience, but what really drew you to going there was the human connection and that feeling. You said there's a need and in a way that feed, that need for attention, which really we can look at as a need for love and that these people you felt deserved love just like anyone would deserve to feel love, loved. And I think what I saw walking in with you and meeting with the inmates that we got to talk to was I could tell how they felt so loved by you. There was this instant connection because um, we talked about this together, but the way we show love is through time and attention. Mm. And especially you're saying a lot of them don't get visitors. And we'll talk about uh, Damien later on, but mm. this idea of, well, why does someone want to come see me? Someone mm. who doesn't even know me. Sometimes even maybe their own family or friends don't visit as often as they would like, but that you keep showing up. And I know you go almost every week for about a year and a half now, which is remarkable. But the fact that you keep showing up, I think there's no way for them to mistake that you care about them, that you love them. And it was obvious in seeing you interact with them that they felt loved by you and also I could tell they loved you it was a very nice uh, connection that you've built with them which only can be built over time so mm -hmm. I think it's really amazing what you've done and that's why I wanted to have you on the show tonight to talk about the great work you're doing but to me you're a very inspirational young Iranian man that I think people will um, be motivated by and inspired by the work you do and we were also talking about how we want people to realize they can give back more to others in different ways. It doesn't have to be in the same way you're doing it, but all of us have much more love and kindness to give and we can do that, but we limit what we do. But coming back to what you do with these um, inmates. Mm -hmm. So you went that first time and it seems like it sparked something in you, some desire that this wasn't going to be just a one-time thing mm -hmm. that you wanted to go back. What do you think really inspired you to go back and to keep going back? Uh, I believe to when I saw that need and I really put myself in their shoes mm -hmm. and I saw, you know, what if I'm there mm. and someone really that would care for me, just for me, not not as my past or doesn't judge me, come to see me, how much that would change me as a person. Mm. And I, I always say that there is nothing more powerful to inspire people. When we inspire people, we are able to, to show them they're important. And once they realize they're important and they have something to contribute, they, they won't do wrong things. You know, that mm -hmm. usually comes when someone acts in a wrong way. It's usually a result of having a low self-confidence or a low self-esteem or self-value. Mm -hmm. But when the person truly feels they're important, they have something to provide, uh, they have, uh, you know, as, as Adrian says, they have greatness inside, which I believe every one of us as human beings we are all born with gifts from mm -hmm. God and we all have something to provide. As you said, Rajan, we all can help each other in some way or another. We are meant to be like that. Yeah. We are so connected to one another that we are meant to really be in service of one another and, and always think, okay, if I'm doing this in relationship or outside or you know, even with strangers, how can I be a tool? How can I serve them? How can I you know, care for them? Mm -hmm. So that mentality really got me going and 
you know, the more I went there, the more rewarding it was for me myself as well. You know, I always say that I learn so much every time I go. I learn. Um, mm-hmm. I think the most important lesson I've learned so far, and this is something I I um, trying to learn more and more, is to really love unconditionally. Mm. Um, especially the people who are close to me or even the people who I don't know. Can I love them without seeing their actions? Mm-hmm. Can I just love them because they're human beings? Can I love them um, not because of what they have done or you know what they did to me? Can I still love them? So this is something been really changing me as a person and uh, you know it's been a great practice for myself mm-hmm. to really be able to love people without judging them. Yeah, and I, I saw that uh, and I, I totally believe you and, and agree with you and you say you get so much out of going there because I just went the one time, mm. but it was a very meaningful experience. And as much as I was going to visit them, I, I think they showed me a lot of love and inspiration. You mentioned Adrian. He was a very um, inspirational young mm. man and he was, the things he was saying and even he's writing a book of you know his thoughts and kind of his own maybe like philosophy or poetry and different things that he's come up with. And it was so inspiring to me that I was thinking, wow, I'm, I have all the freedoms in the world uh, physically, but I don't take advantage of so many opportunities. Or I even, I've thought about writing a book, but keep putting it off for different ways. But here's someone who's in jail, who has all every excuse in the world to say, I can't do anything, or I can't do this, or I can't do that. But he's finding ways, and he's connecting with people. And he was talking about a publisher that he was going to get connected to, and he was so motivated and inspired. And you can tell there was a purpose to his life. Mm. There was a meaning. And I'm sure a lot of it is him, but I know your relationship with him has probably also helped him as well. Um, But yeah, it's amazing that you might think we're going to help someone, but almost always you get more out of the process or the experience than the people that you're helping. So I'm sure it has had a deep impact on you to go there. And we talked about this before. It's kind of a win-win. You know, you go there and you give them love and create a relationship, but you also get the relationship back and learn things from the process also. And I think that's really beautiful what you've done and created this um, process or these relationships with them. And throughout this process, this is what slowly led to the idea for this book that Mm -hmm. I have in front of me here. Can you maybe tell us about how this book, the idea, and how it developed? Certainly. So... um... You know, the the topic, the, the book is really about inner freedom. Mm-hmm. And it was something I've always uh, wondered, even when I was very little. And, uh, you know, I was like, what is freedom? Because that's a very big topic. If you want to discuss mm-hmm. about freedom, it is something <laughs> yeah. that, you know, you can't really just answer it right away. I think my search started when I, uh, about, well, I was about 19 years old. And I asked my dad, I, was, I asked him in the middle of a, uh, Persian party. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I always ask questions. I said, what is freedom to my dad? And he was very, he was like, well, that's like a very broad question. He said, you should search it yourself. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, I'll search it. So I, I went and I read lots of books, quotes from different philosophers, different, you know, stuff. And I came up with a book called Freedom in a Cage, uh, which was short stories, 20 mm-hmm. short stories in Farsi. But later on, when I, um, I think the reason I was searching because I was caged myself. Mm. You know, when when you mm-hmm. desire something, it's because you probably are in the situation where you want to get out. <laughs> yeah. So you want you want the answers. Mm-hmm. So when I really went there and witnessed people, witnessed some inmates like you know Craigan, who uh, who's been there for 17 years. Uh, 
he's been on he he's been on death row for 17 years. 10 years he was in a prison where with such a bad circumstance. Mm-hmm. And I could see how peaceful he is and yeah. you know really uh how whenever I I see him he has I'm sure you realize that he had that sense of peace. Mm-hmm. Um I kept uh thinking okay he has freedom inside there. But many people out here don't have freedom. So freedom, in many ways, is not really about location. It's really how you feel inside yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is something I really try to see. You know, both both are important, freedom from inside, outside. But when we are not free from inside, we cage ourselves and we cage other people too. Absolutely. Because yeah. we uh, project our limitations on other people. Mm-hmm. And I believe that's why we fight a lot. We we limit ourselves or limit others. And we're not really sometimes be, being able to have a healthy relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was, well, first of all, yeah, Craig, and he was so calm. I, ta- I actually asked you before the show, I was wondering if he meditates because he was so peaceful and calm. And all three of the individuals that I really got to talk to more closely were so kind. And I mentioned this to you that you would expect it's very easy for someone to be bitter and angry in their circumstance. And I'm sure they have their struggles and they have their very bad days as well. But what I felt from them was so much kindness. I'm sure that's also because of how they feel about you and that I came with you and they felt that connection. But that idea of the prison of self, that when you see them actually in a physical prison and the limitations you have, you realize how much more free you are, but then you realize there's so many ways we limit ourselves and you can be in your own prison. And this book, The Bird from the Kingdom of Heaven that you have uh, developed, it's about this idea that sometimes we think we're in a cage or we're in prison, but we don't realize we've put ourselves in there or we think it's kind of of our own imagination. Mm-hmm. And I was telling you before the show how I think oftentimes we do that to protect ourselves, to stay in a safe comfort zone, but not really go and live our lives to the fullest. But if we can realize, oh, I'm limiting myself, I'm telling myself I can't do this, or I'm telling myself I'm stuck in this situation, we realize we have the opportunity to fly like the bird in this story. We can fly but we're limiting ourselves. And I think, yes, seeing them in that situation makes you realize how much you take your own freedom for granted. And then Mm. you realize, oh, there's freedom within my head that I'm taking for granted, that I'm actually not letting myself be who I want to be or do what I want to do. And I think it's, you're right, you know, seeing how they act, everything could be taken away from you, but you always have the freedom to act how you want to act or how you respond to the situation. I think Viktor Frankl says something like that of, you know, you could take away everything, but then you still have a choice of how you're going to respond to mm-hmm. life circumstances. And you see that with these, the individuals that I got to meet with you, where you see that they're in this horrible circumstance externally, but internally they seem to be at peace mm-hmm. uh, in a way which which is quite amazing. Uh, we're actually getting to our first commercial break, but after the break, we'll talk a bit more. I'm here with Parsa Pekar. He's talking about his book, The Bird from the Kingdom of Heaven and the relationships he's built with the inmates at the Twin Towers jails in downtown Los Angeles, uh, and really the inspirational work he's done with them, helping them uh, by building the relationships, but also expressing themselves through art. And we'll talk a bit more about some of the individuals I got to meet and he's uh, met there. Uh, Let's get to our first commercial break. If you'd like to call in, 310-441-055, or sorry, 511. 3104410555. Uh, you're listening to In Session with Dr. Fatty Delacqui. We'll be right back. 
Welcome back again. I'm joined tonight by Parsa Pekar, and he's talking about his book, The Bird from the Kingdom of Heaven, which he has helped uh, develop with inmates from the Twin Towers Jail in Los Angeles, California. And so before the break, you talked a bit about how your own thoughts or experience and journey of, about freedom was inspired you in a lot of ways about this book. Mm. So how did you come up with the idea of doing the book and the drawings? What brought you, what gave you that idea to, to make that and to make this into a book that then people can, and they can, people can get this on Amazon right yes, now, right? Yes, it's on Amazon. Okay. Mm -hmm. But yeah, can you talk maybe a bit about how that came together with the, because there's drawings that some of the inmates have mm -hmm. done and the words I think are from your own writing mostly. Yes. Okay. Sure. Yeah. So tell me about how that came Yeah, about. so uh, when I when I went there for a couple of months, mm -hmm. I had this inspiration to write to write this story. Yeah. And um, so I talked with uh, two of the inmates, which I kind of regularly saw. And uh, Damien and Adrian, mm -hmm. who I got to meet both of them, yes. yeah. And uh, they they were more than happy to really they really liked the topic, and I I realized this topic can relate so much to them, yeah, because they're kind of in an opposite situation of where we are, so they have a very good perspective of freedom on the other you know side of it. Mm -hmm. So they they both agreed, and um, we got the book together. Uh, actually, Adrian he put which I have the original copy with me here. They can't see, but he put this all this together. And uh, he he was very, they were both very motivated to, mm -hmm. to do that. And this is something uh, I also try to do with <clears throat> different inmates, is to really give them something which they are passionate about and make it into, you know, something, you know, coming out of it. I usually, when I give them a, you know, do a writing or a poem or mm -hmm. an, an art, and then I tell them, you know, I come back next week and I want to see it. And, you know, I've seen many times they, they become very, uh, they, they have this sense of significance and mm -hmm. purpose. And they become so happy and energized. So they, this, this book really, uh, as I have one of their letters, which I would like to read from Adrian. He says, you know, kind of brought them out of their own cage in yeah, many ways. right. And also give them a purpose, so they 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 feel very important. I remember when I took the copies to them, uh, they were so happy and mm -hmm. they were so proud of themselves, and it really made me happy because I I told them, you know, this is something without you guys I couldn't do this book, mm -hmm. and um, it's uh, I I really I'm really proud of you guys. I'm really you know proud of the person you've become, and you know because you know especially one of them. When I met him, uh, Damien, the one who did the cover, very talented artist. Mm -hmm. uh, he was uh, just, I've never seen a person with that much uh, hunger for someone to really care for him. Mm -hmm. I remember when I went up to see him, he, he was so desperate. He was just looking outside his cell door for a person to come. And I remember when I went there and, you know, I said, hey, you know, I'm here for you. He said, why? He said, mm -hmm. you know, I... I'm, I'm just here to talk to you and I really care. And he started crying. Wow. And, and didn't they tell you that he was mm -hmm. suicidal or that there's Yeah, right? he was suicidal. Yeah. And that's how I got to know him because one of the inmates be, uh, down below, one floor below, told me there's a guy up there who wants to commit suicide. Hmm. And if you, you know, could just go talk to him. And, you know, the, the, when, I, when I saw him and talked to him, and, you know, the more he opened up to me and he told me about his mom, for example, having a cancer. He's very young, mm. 22 years old. Yeah. And she was the only one who really came to see him. 
And he said, you know, right now I don't feel any sense of continuing my life. And, mm. you know, there's nothing, um, you know, he, he, when he, he wrote one of the other letters and he says, I felt so valueless as a person. And I felt I was, you know, I have no worth. So why, why would I continue living? And he actually told me he, he tried a few times to commit suicide, but mm -hmm. he wasn't successful inside the mm -hmm. jail. Mm -hmm. He's been there now for, I think, five years, still waiting for his case to be settled. Uh, but, you know, once I really saw, uh, started seeing him and I saw his drawings, I was very amazed because he was so talented. Yeah. And I say, why don't you do, do this more often? And, you know, I said, no, I'm not that good. I said, you're so, you know, you're really good. So he started doing them and he actually sells them now to other inmates. Mm -hmm. he, he, makes, he makes an income from it. He helped me with this one. I also wrote another short story, which he did. Uh, I show you the other one, uh, Faizan. So um, he's one of the person who's really changed. Yeah, uh, and I, I very was I was very happy to meet him. But I think it's it's amazing the power of the love you showed him. You know, in that moment, his darkest, mm -hmm. very dark moment, you were there and you just said, "I'm here to show you love, give you kindness." You didn't know him, and that's why he said, "Why do you want to give me mm -hmm. love?" But you just said, "Because I want to care for you, and I see you're in a dark place." And I think that was very important for him but like you said before about meaning and purpose um one of my favorite books is man's search for meaning mm. by victor frankel and the whole idea is that we survive or what gives life gives us the ability to survive the difficulties of life is meaning and purpose in our in what we do and you're helping these people find their meaning finding their purpose which can give us a reason to live no matter what our circumstances were victor frankel was in a concentration mm. camp um, and these individuals are in jail, and there are some parallels, of course, between the two, but we can find meaning no matter where we are. That's something that comes from within us and what we do. But I think it's great that you've helped Damien find some meaning or something he can give. And that's always, I think, an interesting thing. Of course, we want to get love, we want to get things, but really what gives life meaning is what we give. Exactly. Giving your art, your talent, your love, your kindness to others, that's usually what gives purpose. No one ever says my meaning in life is having lots of money or having nice cars. That usually doesn't give anyone meaning. Exactly. It's almost always going to be something we give and especially give something from within. And I think you've helped a lot of these inmates express art in different ways, whether it's poetry or their ideas or their drawings. And I think that's really remarkable. And especially Damien, I have to make sure um, because I made a promise to him that I'd give a shout out to him. First of all, Damien also, um, his name is Jonathan Padilla. But he did the cover art, this very beautiful picture of an eagle. And uh, as Parso was saying, he showed us some of his drawings and the inmates. He's very popular. I guess there's a Marilyn Monroe and James mm. Dean uh, drawing that he does that many of the inmates want. But he wanted to make sure I said hello to his uh, mother, Jessica Gallardo, and then also his little brother, Matthew Padilla, um, and his fiance Daniela. She just uh, recently got pregnant and they're expecting a baby soon. So we wanted to make sure I said hello and congratulations to them. So I wanted to make sure uh, I said that for Damien uh, or Jonathan and looking forward to seeing him again soon. Uh, but yeah, the, you know, the art in the book, I think really is quite inspiring because you feel the pain or you feel the intensity because it's someone who really is caged because mm -hmm. the story of the book is essentially this caged bird who maybe I don't want to ruin the ending, but eventually finds out that he or she doesn't have to remain caged. It's, mm. it's uh, their choice 
to fly away, that they can fly. But seeing these drawings in the book where you see someone who really is in a cage physically, mm -hmm. uh, I think it's really powerful and you feel that in, in this book. So I think it's, it's really great what you've created. And I think you want to do more books or things with the inmates. Is that right? Yes. So I'm looking forward to uh, add their interviews mm -hmm. of the two guys I work with. And also, you know, they both, I asked both to write me a letter which defines freedom for them and yeah. life. And, you know, the way we met together. So I really want to add that to the next next edition. Yeah. There's also uh, two other short stories which I like to do later on. Uh, but, yeah, so the, both of them were very, I was very encouraged by them myself. And yeah. I'm really proud of them. And uh, as you said, Farijan's, perfectly it's always more blessed to give than to receive absolutely you know yeah. when we we are we are meant to 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 really serve ourselves to people mm -hmm. and you know every one of us as i said we are born with gifts and we are supposed to really help people find their gifts absolutely. you know benjamin disraeli i don't know if you know him he was the prime minister of england is one favor he says uh, the best thing you can do for other people is to show them their own treasures mm. And I always see people that every person is like a treasure, which once they're discovered, they see their own value. And, and you know, we are so connected to one another that when I see my own value, I can share with you, mm -hmm. then you can be more powerful than you can share with other people. So, you know, we are all like, you know, in this together. Yeah. And I think you um, found you helped Damien find his treasure of his art, or at least maybe polish those gems of being more practicing it more and showing more. And I remember when we talked to Adrian, he was talking about this idea of self-love. And again, I was so amazed by how deep these people, like, you know, they thought about things in ways that I hadn't ever thought about. Mm. And it was really motivational and inspirational. And I, I was very touched when you came to my office a couple of weeks ago and you shared um, something that Adrian had written when you asked him, I think you asked him, what is freedom or something yeah. like that, right? And if you don't mind sharing that with the yeah, listeners, sure. I thought it was really inspirational. My name is Adrian Berumen. I was incarnated at the age of 17, April 2013. I'm now 22 year, three years of age, still waiting trial at LA Twin Towers Correctional Facility. I've come across many great chaplains, Parsa being one of many. He brought this idea of illustrating for this book and I agreed. I've now been into art for a year and a half. My art's still improving, but one day I wish to be a great artist. This opportunity was freedom from my cage, as the bird in the story needed, uh, as the bird in the story needed. Parsa's unconscious love did not see me for my mistake, but for my potential. The love within gave me a sense of meaning while being incarnated. It freed me mentally, it freed me mentally. A life of meaning is what living is. Even with locked doors, we can free ourselves. A lock has nothing on what the human mind can achieve. People should read not for the secret to be free, but for the secret on how to free those in bondage, physically, mentally, and spiritually. We are the greatest assets to each other. I'm always open to letters, hmm. Adrian. That's very nice. And actually, the part about the letters, I know he asked for my address, so mm. I'm looking forward to him writing <laughs> me and, and yeah. uh, corresponding with him in that way as well um, but yeah those uh, that the locks they can be physical but especially oftentimes they are mental i think it's so powerful that idea and we have to let ourselves out and unlock ourselves but also i think something very powerful and there was this idea that he said you don't see him for his mistake mm. 
which I think oftentimes people who are, you know, we call them felons or inmates or however we want to label them, they get looked at as just the crime that they committed. But I think clearly they feel that when you see them, you see them as a whole human being, not mm. as someone who committed some crime or made some mistake. Exactly. And I think that's going back to the idea of that unconditional love that you haven't. We talked before the show that we've all made mistakes. We've all mm. sinned, so exactly. to speak. So if we're going to judge anyone based on an action they've committed, then we have to judge ourselves too. So, so I think the better thing is to recognize we, we don't, we shouldn't judge anyone. We don't know um, their life circumstances. And in talking to them, you realize their lives were very different from what many people experience. And mm. I told them, I said, you know, it's very easy for someone to come here and say, oh, I would never do the crimes that these people committed, so I'm somehow better than them. Mm. But I think it's much more, and you used this word humility before, it's much more uh, humble to recognize if I was in their shoes, it's very possible, very likely I would have done what they did as well. So I can't judge them for what they did until I understand what they've been through and the circumstances their life has given them. So true. And I think, you know, that's something that they see in you is that you don't see them, uh, you know, it's not even important to you maybe what they did. Mm. It's more important for you to see them for who they are now and also see them, as you're saying, for who they can become, exactly. helping them see those gems, those treasures they have within themselves. That's so, so true. I think, you know, I always compare the way I believe the way God sees me is without judgment and unconditional love. And I'm trying to have that love for people. Mm. You know, I always say I love God. If I love God, I need to love people. You know, they go hand in hand. And um, I, I've been trying to, to, to do that. And, you know, it feels so good with, for yourself also because, you know, I think a true love has no conditions. Mm -hmm. And it just accepts the person as the way it is. And once you show that love to people, it's, it's, it's very uh, touching. Mm. They can feel it. They can change. Once we are, once we are filled, we are loved. You know? and, and we all have, as you said, uh, Faijan, we all have a past. Mm -hmm. We all make mistakes. Yeah. I still make mistakes. Absolutely. We all you do. Know? And, and when we see that, you know, me, and this, me and other human beings, we are all in this together. Mm -hmm. We are all falling one way or another, but we can still choose to love each other or, as you said, it's a choice, it comes to a choice. Can I love this person as the way it is? And then I can start working with the person and tell him about, you know, and then people trust you when you show that kind of love. They start to trust you and listen to you and be inspired by you. So I believe all of that starts with love. Mm. I think Every I totally, change. yeah, I very much agree with you there. I think you, again, like I said, when I walked in with you, I could feel the love they had for you and the love you had for them. And that's, I think that's the thing that heals more than anything is that love, but seeing them for who they are and also who they can be, their potential, not their mistake. Because I think any of us, if we get judged on the worst mistake we made in our life, people won't think of us so favorably, but we're better off seeing someone as a whole person and recognizing we've all made mistakes and I'm not here to judge you. I'm just here to love you. I think that's that's a wonderful message. We're going into our last commercial break. Again, my guest tonight is Parso Pekar talking about the wonderful work he does with the inmates down at the Twin Towers Jail and the book he has created called The Bird from the Kingdom of Heaven, which is available on Amazon. You're listening to In Session with Dr. Fadi Dalokwi. We will be right back. Welcome 
back. My guest tonight, Parsa Pekar, he's talking about his book, The Bird from the Kingdom of Heaven, which he has made with the inmates at the Twin Towers jails here in Los Angeles. And also, as I mentioned before, he has a GoFundMe page where you can support the work that he is doing. Uh, it's And you go to GoFundMe.com, and if you search Inspiring Inmates at the Jails, organized by Parsa Pekar, you can donate to that um, page or this what he's doing, which to me is really amazing that he is giving these individuals, as you said yourself, helping them find the treasure within themselves, mm. but especially art. And as a psychologist, I know how healing art can be for people to express their feelings through art it can be very therapeutic and healing. And I think it's wonderful that you are helping them and with so many of them, whether it's through poetry or painting or drawing, express themselves through art and I think that's that's really wonderful and so people can go to the GoFundMe page but also you can get the book The Bird from the Kingdom of Heaven which uh, it's written by Parsa but the drawings are from um, two of the inmates Damien and Adrian uh, who have contributed really powerful drawings to help illustrate the story uh, you know as I mentioned to you before I brought you on today and mm. even before we came on last week when we just talked about having you on the show I was very inspired by you. Someone in my office building told me about you, and then we got to connect, and I'm very grateful that I was able to connect to you and then to have the opportunity to come to the jail with you. But I thought it was good to share your story because I think people can be inspired by what you are doing and what you've uh, created with this uh, project with the inmates, but also for people to see that they can do something too. What can they do? And mm -hmm. for everyone, it won't be what you're doing or with the population you're working with. But I think we all have more love and kindness to give. And talking about the jails, we put ourselves in one of the limits we put on ourselves is that we can't do more. I don't have time or what can I contribute or it won't make a difference. Or, you know, you're telling me before the show, well, I won't change the whole world. So who cares? I'm not mm -hmm. even going to start. But I think that's also an inspirational message that I thought sharing your story would hopefully give to people. So, Related to that, what what, did, what would you want to tell the people who are listening tonight? Um, as I said, I believe every human being is capable of changing another person's lives. Mm -hmm. you know, and it can be as simple as just commenting, you know, going outside and smiling at a stranger or, you know, saying, how are you doing? I've, I've had many time I've had those kind of experience and many people are looking for that. Mm -hmm. it's, it sounds a little, you know, simple, but... You can even help by just really trying to connect with people outside of here mm -hmm. when you go out. Or the people closest to you starts there, the family, the ones you are living with. You know, every change starts from the homes. So when we really, instead of uh, trying to be served, we serve, mm -hmm. we'll be much more in a better situation. And then uh, we start to see differences in person's attitude, in, in our own life. Uh, and we will see change in the world. You mm -hmm. know, it has it doesn't have to be big. It can be small. It starts small always. Every change always small starts small. And the more we try to encourage people, inspire people, serve people, think about them. You know, even we talk about uh, how sometimes sending a text say, "Okay, I was thinking about you," mm -hmm. and you actually make commitment to see the person face yeah. to face, mm -hmm. or you do something. You know, that that sometimes means a lot to that person. So really, um, 
it's it's a very simple thing you can decide tomorrow morning that you wake up that today i'm gonna be you know it's something i do every day i have in my schedule make three to five people's day hmm. so th- it is something i i should do by the end of the night either it's a stranger or someone i know it's a text or something i have that in my in my daily schedule hmm. so you can decide that tomorrow when i wake up and you know go outside or you know when i'm home i make people's day and you know i i realized that's like a butterfly effect once you do that they do it to other people like mm-hmm. i've seen when you comment people they start to comment on other people so it sure. goes on and on it's and, definitely yeah you know be, we're very contagious beings you know exactly. so good behavior could be contagious and bad unfortunately but good behavior definitely is contagious someone is kind to you you're more likely to be kind to others i think it's interesting how you almost schedule kindness into your day in mm-hmm. a way like as that reminder but we also talked about this before the show that sometimes we think of kindness as discrete acts like you know giving someone food or doing this and it definitely is those things but i think we could try to adopt a attitude of kindness or just a, a feeling that we're feeling kind and loving feelings all the time or as much as we can it's not just okay i'm going to be kind for five minutes and then mm. go back to my life but we try to approach life with that attitude of kindness that's something i see in you and how you carry yourself and you are and i think that is wonderful but i think also this reminder that we all can give more love and you know it's kind of cheesy but love is like a renewable resource that you don't run out of love Mm. the more you give the more you have to give and the more you give the more you're going to get back and then like you said it kind of creates this butterfly effect this cycle where there's more loving and more kindness in the world but i think that's you know we have to take a step and we talked about this before the show too that sometimes people can get overwhelmed when they see how much suffering there is in the world and they think Mm. well i can't change the whole world so what's the point but sometimes i think it's as if we as humanity are writing this book of you know world peace and end of human suffering and you're not supposed to write the whole book Mm. you know you have to maybe write a page or not even a page maybe a word or maybe just a letter but every letter contributes to writing that book and i was thinking of that because i have your book in front of me here but this idea that if you try to think of doing everything all by yourself you're going to get too overwhelmed and do nothing Mm -hmm. but if you just realize like every small act has a positive effect towards something good that can make it easier for you to realize that's all i have to do is do my part not do everything and we all can do more and if we all did more we would get closer to those types of goals of making this world you know a more a better place and so i think that's a great message and uh, around the holidays i think people can sometimes feel more kind and want to be more giving and that's good but i hope it just doesn't stop with the holidays and we carry that going forward and something you mentioned about time um we, we talked about this too that i think it's wonderful that people donate money and i hope they donate to what you're doing because charities organizations they need money to function so it's wonderful that people do that and that is definitely an act of giving but i think what can be even more meaningful is for people to have face-to-face interactions with the people they are helping both more meaningful for the people you help but also for yourself i know i talked to you about the inmates before we went and it was meaningful for me and i got something out of it but going there and being face-to-face with these men had a very different experience and a much deeper impact on me than just if I gave money or talked to you about it. So I definitely want to encourage people to find a way where they can give back with their time and their attention, actually interacting with people. Because I think what I saw you have with these inmates was beautiful, the relationship you've built 
And that can only be done through having that time and attention that you give to them. Exactly. Time is giving your life. When you give your time to anything, mm-hmm. you're giving your life to it. So that I, I believe that shows the deepest care. If someone really cares for me, he'll spend time. He or she has spent time with me mm-hmm. and really, you know, get to know me or, uh, you know, will be there for me when I, when I need it. So I believe when we give our time, uh, yeah, as you said, money is a way too. you know, Absolutely. that's a way of helping also. But time is more personal. Yeah. And it's it's more experience, you know, you experience it more. Mm-hmm. And the other person sees it more. Sure. And, you know, I think even in families, when you when you see, uh, when you spend really time with children, for example, parents spend time with their children and show that they really care about them, it's very different than just giving money. Mm-hmm. And that's what they look for mm-hmm. also. Absolutely. So all of us are looking for that uh, genuine care that someone gives us. Uh, you know, I like to say undivided attention. Mm-hmm. And um, in that environment, we grow as a human beings. You know, I've seen it so many times in the inmates. Yeah. When the environment is caring, loving, the person flourish and grows. It's like a seed. Mm-hmm. You cannot, you, you, when you have a seed, if you put it in a bad environment, doesn't matter how good the seed is, it's not going to grow well. Yeah. But when the condition is right, when, every, you, know, when you water it, you, you have a good atmosphere, the seed grows and becomes what it was supposed to become. Mm-hmm. I like how you said that last part, and that's what I tell parents that you've been your your child, you've been given the seed, and you don't know what kind of plant or flower it's supposed to turn into, but mm-hmm. you have to just give it the right in- environment, which is that love and attention and care, and then help it develop into whatever plant or flower it's supposed to be. Kind of exactly. going back to the idea of the treasures that everyone has within themselves that get expressed, and we don't know what it is when you have a child or even an adult, you don't know exactly what their gift is to give. But if you just give them love, it allows for that gift to come out. You know, you've been going for a year and a half uh, and visiting these inmates and creating these relationships. I was wondering if you had to share what are some of the things you've learned? Mm. I'm kind of putting you on the spot here because I didn't tell you I was going to ask you this. But just I'm wondering if you had to share what you've learned from your experience with them and your relationship with them, what would you say? I think the greatest lesson I've learned personally and still learning and I believe I'll learn for the rest of my life mm-hmm. is to really be able to love people unconditionally. Mm. Because I, you know, I've met so many inmates with different backgrounds. They tell me about their story. And if you want to judge them based on what they did, it's hard to love them. Mm. So you have to find a way to kind of put those aside and being to love the person for the you know, person he or she, he he or she you know is so really trying to learn that, and it's really helped me to grow my relationships with my family, friends, in business, to be able to not really see people for their mistakes, but being able to love them, mm-hmm. even if they do something wrong to me, I can still love them. I'm not mm-hmm. saying their act is right, but. You can still love a person because of who they are without their actions. So right. I'm trying to to live that way. And, you know, sometimes it's challenging. Sometimes things sure. come up which you try to act. <laughs> but then I realize, you know, how much sometimes I make mistakes mm-hmm. and, you know, you know, I've been loved. So really, I think the greatest lesson was to uh, love unconditionally, to not judge. That's something else. Mm-hmm. To uh, to put myself in their shoes and then trying to see the world from their eyes. Mm. 
mm. instead of just putting the label on them. Yeah. That's something else that I've been really learning. Uh, to know that every human being has a value and mm. every human being is important. As you said, not every one of us is going to write the whole book. Mm -hmm. We all have a share. We, mm -hmm. all, have a, we all have a writing. Mm -hmm. But every one of us are impo is important. Absolutely. You know, there's, I don't believe any human being is a mistake. Mm. I believe every human being is born with a purpose and for a purpose. And not a single human being is born uh, you know, with a mistake. And um, I think those are the greatest lessons that I'm, I've been learning and I'm, I'm still learning. Those, those are very important lessons. And I agree with you that lessons that significant, we don't just learn them and we're done. It's mm. a lifelong process and exactly. journey that you keep learning them. But I, I really like what you said about every human life having value and having just that love and respect for every human being. And even when you share the story of Damien, you didn't know him mm. and you hadn't even seen him yet. When I hear that story that someone told you, hey, there's this inmate a floor above me and he's suicidal. You didn't know him. You didn't know anything about him. But some kind of love drew you to him to just go upstairs and say, I'm going to give mm. him love and show him I value him, even though I don't know him. And that love that I think he felt was so meaningful to him that in that suicidal state, it, it connected to him in some way, making him see if this guy sees my life has value, if this mm. guy sees that I'm worthy of love, maybe I am. I mean, I'm kind of, I, I don't know if that's what he went through, but I know a lot of people have that kind of an experience when sh someone shows them that. And I think that's so wonderful about what you're doing is that, like you said, if you judge someone based on their worst action they've ever done, it could be very hard to love them. But mm. if you love them just because they're a human being and you know we all are imperfect and you can love them for who they are now and the potential of who they can be, it makes it a lot easier, but it's something, you know, we can continue to, to learn how to do better. You know, we do have to wrap up the show, but Parsajan, I want to thank you so much, of course, for joining me tonight, but also for giving me the opportunity to come with you Saturday. And as I mentioned to you and to the wonderful guys I got to meet, it won't be the last time that I'll be going with you, but also for this incredible work that you're doing. You really are an inspirational young man, and I wanted to bring you on the show to share your story and what you're doing because I really think it's amazing and keep up the great work. Uh, you're making us proud. And again, the book that he has written along with the drawings from some of the inmates is The Bird from the Kingdom of Heaven, which is available on Amazon. And also you can go to his GoFundMe page, which is, and I want to make sure I say it right, uh, Inspiring Inmates at the Jails, organized by Parsa Pekar. I'll put that on my social media probably sometime tomorrow. But Parsa, John, thank you again for joining me tonight. Of course, it's a, it's been a pleasure and thanks for having me. And uh, I also appreciate your friendship and uh, your heart. You have a very caring heart. Oh, thank you. And um, let's inspire. Let's inspire people. Let's uh, let's serve. Let's let's help each other. Absolutely. And I, I, I like that message. And I look forward to continuing our friendship and serving with you uh, in the future. But again, big thanks to you for joining me tonight. Uh, that was Parsa Pekar. And again, big thanks to Amir always, who's here on Monday nights. You've been listening to In Session with Dr. Fadir Lokwi. Have a great night.